Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And I think we are up, Dr. Lloyd. Thank you for being here. I think we're going to have a great conversation. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm excited about the opportunity to talk with you. Sure. And so uh, let's see what we can do and make it interesting for the folks who are listening. Exactly. So I guess we'll start off, and I'm sure you've already had this question, though, but, you know, I know for 25 years you've been a clinical psychologist. You're also... Actually, 40 years. Oh, 40 years. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm an old old guy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So 40 years. um, You just got the Lifestyle Intelligence app going. I think that's your Uh latest Mm -hmm. project. What was... The motivation to get this going and if you want to kind of give a little bit of i know that was kind of a really vague definition okay. of background but if you want to give a little brief background of yourself and all that we can go from there well i mean in, in terms of I, I had a personal interest in this because all the issues that lifestyle intelligence lq addresses were personal problems for me at a certain moment in time so i had firsthand experience before i ever knew that these things were concepts that were ultimately going to be talked about so in other words, eating, sleeping, and exercising slash moving were things that were beyond the scope of anything I understood growing up. Remember, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s. Sure, okay, sure. So nutrition meant you had enough to eat. Exercise was something you did in gym, <laughs> right? right? And sleep was an annoyance just so you didn't fall asleep in the middle of the afternoon. That was the totality of what life was like. Nobody had any understanding of anything. Okay. Yeah. So little by little, things began to change, beginning first with um, Halbert Dunn, who coined the term wellness, which I just found out was a combination of well-being and fitness. I never knew that until a couple of days ago, which is kind of strange, wellness. It's kind of a strange kind of term. Anyway, that goes back to the 1950s. It it, It fell flat. It went nowhere, but was brought back in the 70s when things began to change. And things began to change when there was now evidence to suggest that certain lifestyle issues were problematic and and causing illness, right? I mean, hello, cardiovascular stuff and all those kinds of things. And the exercise boom followed thereafter. And eventually things started to change where there was um, now momentum. People took health seriously. Sure. Okay. So you would think that as a consequence of that, there would be a positive evolutionary move so that people, more and more people, 
would be healthier and healthier. Because with all this information about exercise, diet, and the key to the whole thing, sleep, okay, now we know. So what happened? Wrong. We have actually headed in the opposite direction. We steered the ship directly into the iceberg, where by 2030, it's projected that we're going to, 50% of the country is going to be obese. Now, think about that. Why is, how could that possibly happen, given the volume of information? People are deluged with information about what they should be doing. Nothing sticks. How come? Well, part of it, I think, is language. I don't think wellness has enough clout to get people hooked into something. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, is there any way that things can be said in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that would get their attention and make it, I'm going to use this with quotes, sexier, something that has some sizzle to it. I understand. Right? Go ahead. No, yeah, I understand that. And, and I'm agreeing with everything that you're saying that uh, with the term wellness, you know, I, I work in higher education and I used to work in our recreation center and we would call it recreation and wellness. But a lot of people would always have like, what is actual, what is your definition of wellness? You know, and, Everyone had their completely, like I said, a complete different term. If what we're saying, you know. Thank you. Basically, yeah. if everybody has a, a different definition, then there is no definition. And that's what it is. That was what I thought. It's essentially meaningless. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And even asking, you know, students at the university what they thought. It was exactly across the board. You know, mainly it's kind of the same concept, but not related in at all. The same okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. So, so I'm saying to myself. What can possibly be done to help change the trajectory? Okay, so back in 1990, two psychologists, let me see if I get the John Mayer, who was not the singer, <laughs> and another guy by the name, I think it was Peter Salovey. They were Yale psychologists, I believe. They wrote an article in a social psychology journal, and it was, it was called Emotional Intelligence. EQ. Right. Okay. So suddenly, a whole bunch of characteristics that were always viewed in isolation, like empathy, like self-awareness, like interpersonal social skills, mm-hmm. emotional regulation, all of these things were bits and pieces at the fringes of people's awareness. They were, these were not the things that were front and center in the culture, but they were there. Suddenly, these guys said, wait a minute, we can put these four or four or five concepts under an umbrella concept. We'll call it emotional intelligence EQ. Now, this was sexy. Now, because intelligence, not, when something is smart, it's always good. Sure. So now we had two intelligences. We had IQ, which everybody was aware of, the number, math, language yeah. skills. And now we had emotional intelligence. And, and this was really important for business because we needed the emotionally intelligent chief executive officer. I mean, that was that sexy thing in business. Emotion. So I'm thinking, well, that's a great model. Okay, what can, I, what can I do with this and put it all together and make it useful for people when it comes to making healthy choices? So I started out with organic intelligence. Okay, and the reason being that I figured, well, we'll start at the beginning, literally, when you are an infant, what is your experience? Sensation. When you're an infant, sensation is cognition. Okay. 
We have no abstract thinking. So what's going on in your head is what's going on in your body. Right. So what are the key parts? There is eating, which involves when to eat and how much to eat. There is sleeping, when, how much, and there is movement, which is them just flopping around doing what they need to do to stimulate their brain. I think, yeah. oh, okay, but what else needs to be put into the thing? Because organic intelligence was confusing for me because I just had a hunch that wouldn't, that wouldn't do it. So I said, well, the key part as you're an adult is now in addition to sensory information is intellectual information. Sure. Is what do you need to know in order to make the best decisions for yourself? Yeah. And then I wrote an article in which I put all of that, wrote, wrote this out exactly like I'm talking to you about it. And I said to me, at that time I had no idea that it would evolve into an app. It was just something I had to put down because I was annoyed. <laughs> it's like, come on, we have to do better than this. Right. For, for no other reason. I mean, this is a, a selfish reason, but everybody probably would agree. More and more kids are getting sick at an earlier and earlier age of degenerative kinds of stuff. I mean, I've heard of instances of kids in high school getting bypass surgery. I mean, think about that. So if that's happening... If more and more children are getting these diseases earlier, how much is that going to cost? And how much is your health insurance going to cost? Exactly. Infinitely more than it is currently costing. Yeah. Consequently, I figured, okay, this is now something that I think I can do. So now, what do I do? Okay, uh, interesting concept. <laughs> but it, it kind of needs a little bit more sizzle and pop. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. How do you translate this into something? So I'm figuring, okay, how do you learn? You learn by repetition and you learn by being reinforced when you do something successfully, whether it's you figuring out you did something successfully and feel good about it or whether somebody else is giving you feedback. For sure. So the whole idea is to provide people opportunities to hear things a lot. Hence, the app is structured so that the beginning, the first six, seven, eight months of it, I show up on your phone reminding you, today is a day for a lifestyle intelligent three minute episode. And I will talk to you for three minutes, talking about stuff that's really important in a way that will get your attention. So I kind do of that. Motivated. Kind of keep it motivated for three minutes. Or for three minutes. It's just, I'm, I slow you down, and then I present a bit of information. Okay. That's fine. I do it five times a week. Okay. More, and the whole idea is you keep hearing me five days a week. Eventually, and the whole idea is the cognitive baton is passed from me to you. The whole idea is you hear me five times a week, week after week after week. The whole idea is eventually you're gonna start thinking, hopefully you will eventually start thinking along the lines of what I am presenting. So you begin to make better choices for yourself at those key moments in time. Sure. And that's so basically information and psychology. That's, that's the, the overall framework of this. There's another component 
but we can talk about this a little more and then we can get to that. Okay. Yeah. But that, that's, um, that's a great point just because, you know, a lot of people don't even know where to, and I, that's, a, I'm generally speaking, of course, you know, they don't know where to start. They don't know where to get the information. And, you know, if somebody came up to me and said they wanted to lose 10 pounds in a month or whatever, you know, but, you know, they get a diet or whatever, they try it for a week and they stop, you know, it's because they were inconsistent, you know, and a lot of success is just staying consistent and like every day doing, you know, exactly point A, point B, point C and finding out what works for you and what, you know, where it doesn't work for you. And like, like you said, you're giving them information for three minutes a day, you know, and that consistency starts to build up. It's like a compound effect, you know, it just goes over and over and over. They get the information, they're giving that positive reinforcement and boom, hopefully after quite some time, some magic happens and they almost re reach whatever goal they had intended for themselves. We, we live in a, in a, in a culture where information happens very quickly and then disappears because you're always distracted. By sure. things, right. I came across a piece of information maybe five years ago. For me, it was singularly the most significant piece of lifestyle intelligent information that I'd ever come across. It was about sleep. Okay. And I'm reading this and I'm going, oh my goodness, this is an incredible bit of information. Right. When we sleep, at some point, I'm not quite sure when during the sleep cycle this happens, the spaces between your brain cells open up. Okay. And then cerebrospinal fluid pours into these open channels. And then the brain goes into dishwasher effect and cleans itself. I'm reading this thing and I'm going, I can't say it on air because it would be inappropriate. Like, holy okay. bleep, you, you holy can... bleep. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking to myself, if there was ever a piece of information about lifestyle, especially sleep, that would gather people together and think about how important it is, it's got to be this. Because immediately you think, well, what happens? Or, or you just should be thinking about, well, what happens if you don't clean your brain? Think about that. I mean, how... You don't have to be a neuroscientist to realize your brain's going to get filled up with gunk. For and sure. A gunk, and a gunked up brain oh, ain't good. good. Do, no. you know who, do you know who Matt Walker is? He, no. He's a uh, professor at the University of Cal, and he actually wrote a book on, you know, I think it's called Why We Sleep. And that's okay. exactly one of his points in the book. And I can't remember it off the top of my head, but one of it's that when we sleep, that I think it was like 750 genes. And it was basically what you put, but 711 of them, if they don't get cleaned out or washed, like that gunk you're talking about, a lot of those genes, like over time, will compound into certain diseases. Like I think it was like dementia and memory loss. And um, I mean, how do you not immediately go to, oh, uh, Alzheimer's disease or some other form of dementia? I mean, how do you not immediately think about that? And I'm thinking, this is so important. This is going to go viral. The internet is going to light up with this bit of information. I could not have been more wrong. It came, it left, and I must have been the only person thinking, did I miss something here? What, what exactly is happening? We're talking about your brain, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it became culturally accepted, and I agree 100% with you. You know, if I'm not getting my seven or eight hours of sleep, you know, that's my thing. But, but I, again, I think it came culturally accepted that, you know, all these – let's say big time business people, entrepreneurs, movie stars, you know, they have that, 
mentality of, oh, I only need five hours of sleep and I can take on a day and nothing goes wrong and I'm okay every day, day in and day out. And it's just like, well, that's okay. But I mean, what kind of quality of work are you doing? And it's like that. You, you don't get it. Yeah. This is not a thing to be macho about. And I think that's what we got culturally accepted among, you know, young people thinking that, well, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I have to work 16 hours a day and sleep on my floor and not get any good sleep. And, but, and that's, and that's great if that's what you want to do. And, but again, that long-term effect of like, what are you really doing to your brain and your health and what's going to happen eventually? I mean, are you going to come up with these certain diseases and you know, the brain doesn't want that. It needs time to reset its batteries and go back to neutral. I always I, I say the same thing to every one of my clients who comes in. Let's get it straight. The most important thing you do in life is sleep. Sure. Now, most people don't like to think that. They, well, that's just a waste of time. What are you talking about, Lord? Exactly. Come on, wake exactly. up. No, it is singularly the most important. Think about this. There's one piece of information about sleep that tends to go unnoticed because it's not a biochemical, neurological, and that is it takes up one-third of your life and during that time frame, that one third while you're asleep, you are completely vulnerable. Think how important this must be for your brain to tune out and leave you. Because when we, when this species first evolved, we're out on the plains living in caves and on the, yeah. I mean, and there's some nasty folks out there that want to have us for lunch, right? right. And yet we're going to make sure that we get enough sleep because that's how important it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can reinforce, I jump up and down to get people's attention to make sure that they make, that's one of the first questions I ask people in my office, because if you're going to help them psychologically doing therapy, they have to do these other things too to maximize what their potential is. Because if you don't get enough sleep, exercise, you need healthy, all the other stuff that people try to do in therapy gets compromised, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. this is either look at it and figure your life as really important or you go about playing with your phone and doing video games. <laughs> yeah. And that that's you know, it's just not cool. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you that it just it goes so unrecognized how much sleep, not only for the brain, but I mean, even in that book he talks about it's the single most thing you can do for the brain and the body. And you know, as far as like I'm one of these CrossFit bros and well, you know, as far as recovery and just resting and like there's people in there who think they got to be doing, you know, four exercise or four different workouts a day and not giving their body a break. And it's just like, hey, that's fine in the short run. But again, in the long run, you're, you're only killing yourself. And I don't understand why, like you said, like where, where this mentality came from that we don't need sleep. And your, your, your point about overdoing it is, I mean, if you're going to overdo it, it's better overdoing it than not doing it at all. But still, life is about not doing it. All the time, it's doing it enough. Mm -hmm. You need enough exercise. You need enough sleep. And you need to pay attention to what you eat and really pay attention. Mm -hmm. Because most people, when it comes to eating, that whole appetite thing, it's amazing how much information, sensory information, people have forgotten. Why? Two reasons. There is eating with the family and the family trance taking over <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it's like everybody you look around and you watch what everybody's doing and before you know it you're modeling what everybody's doing sure. and when i grew up you should finish everything on your plate because kids are starving in africa yep. as if somehow that two those two things fit together but but the most important thing is how so easily we get seduced by our our world right tune out don't pay any attention at all and forget about that sensory experience that is essential to making good choices for ourselves, right? I mean, yeah. eating, 
when, just knowing when to eat, when to stop, when are you full? Hello, right? No, you don't have to finish everything on your plate. No, you you stopped being hungry about 30 minutes ago, but you're still, it, it's, it's remarkable how those things are still woven into the fabric of people's minds based on modeling. Yep. Now, modeling is supposedly a good thing too, because you can pick up good things, right, while you're watching people. But unfortunately, if, and I, believe me, I know <laughs> because I did everything wrong. How do you mean? I, completely. I was much bigger when I was younger, had no idea about how I should be eating, when I should be eating. I had come home from school, eat a bologna sandwich at three o'clock in the afternoon, eat dinner at six. Why? Because it was dinner time. Sure. Who knew, right? Yeah. All, all that kind of, I remember driving by my high school back in the late 60s after I'd already graduated and seeing some guy running around the track. And I'm thinking to myself, what is that idiot doing? Because that exercise thing hadn't happened yet. So I had no idea. What? He's just running around the track for What? Who does that? Nobody did that. But suddenly that became part of the culture and in a good way. And there are far more people exercising, but not enough. Yeah. A lot of folks don't know they don't need to do anything elaborately. They just need to go out and walk for a half hour, 45 minutes a day and keep track of it. That'll be sufficient to maintain who you are and avoid any degenerative diseases. Because at, at age 30, all hell breaks loose if, you don't, <laughs> if you're not careful. Oh, That's I it. I know. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, that it's so easy to come up with excuses to and always there's always a million reasons to say no to something and that, you know, hey, I'll just start, you know, I'll start Monday. Then Monday comes around. And, oh, well, I got this going on. I can't do it. You know, I, got, I don't have time for that. It's like, well, then you just don't want to. You don't want to be healthy. And then there, there's also and again, I don't want to keep you know bringing up like social media and the cultural narratives and stuff. But, you know, like, you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, he just got banned from Twitter for saying like the uh, that model on Sports Illustrated was not beautiful or something along those lines. So, yeah, so and like she was a pretty yeah. large woman. So it's one of those things that you know we're almost accepting it to be okay to be a big person or obese in this in America. And I, you know, when you said that what by twenty thirty would be over fifty percent, we're all pretty close there. I thought we were already at forty percent. Well, it's, it's go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. And it's just one of those things that it's just like you know. I understand if, if you're if you want to be that way and if you're happy fine that's great if, if you're not hurting yourself if you're not hurting anyone else do whatever you want to do that's my mentality on it but you know we shouldn't be promoting that type of beauty or that type of things like that's not really healthy in the long run you, i i watch television a lot sure. and, and, and i watch lots of commercials have you noticed that obviously commercials because the culture is getting bigger there are more and more bigger people in the advertisements oh. right and now if you're a kid and you're watching that then basically what you're seeing is a visual hypnotic suggestion this is normal this is what you're going to be looking like when you get older because there are more and more of these adults who look like this and we want to let you know that it's okay it is okay. It's just not good. When you, you have say a choice, you can do that, of course. When you say hypnotic, I mean, are you also mean like a subliminal messaging too at the same time, or is that different? Well, well, it, it, because I don't think anybody's looking at that and saying to themselves, "Well, wow, this is really interesting." Where they're programming people to 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 to, to have this be what is normal, and it, right. it actually is normal only because of the fact more and more people are heavy. It's just not 
healthy. I'm right? with you. And I mean, and the, and the size of the fast food stuff that they put in, in those advertisements, the size of a spare tire coming at you, right? It looks like oh. a tire. Yeah. And, and all of that stuff, and it's like over and over again, we're being seduced into that as, that's okay. Yeah, it's cool. We got all these famous people advertising with it, right? Promoting it. Well, not only that, you know, yesterday being the 4th of July, who was it up your way? Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs and under 10 minutes or whatever it was. And it's like, he's a champion, you know, and he, then they were promoting, I think he had a broken leg or something. It's, oh, he's the Michael Jordan of hot dog eating. It's like, that's not really that cool. You know I mean? I, you would think that by at this time that that would be removed oh. from the national events. I mean, come on, a hot dog eating contest when half the country is obese and you're having somebody stuff hideously unhealthy food into their body. I'm surprised somebody doesn't just have a heart attack right during the course of the thing. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, and now he looks like, you know, a pretty skinny guy, I guess. I don't have really paid a lot of attention to him, but 76 hot dogs all at once on your stomach. And they say they trained for that. So I don't even know where you begin to train for something like that. But there was another one. They would drink a gallon of lemonade and under a certain amount. And it's like, this is, I mean, I don't get it. That's what's so accepting. That's what little kids are seeing. And people say, like, Oh, I want to do that one day. And it's like, Why would you ever want to? I mean, I don't know. I don't get the – maybe it's just me and I don't get the fixation of, oh, I ate 76 hot dogs and now I'm the great, one of the greatest people on earth. Hmm. I, I don't I, – I can't watch that. And why – when, when you realize that here we, we're a culture that is now, now becoming more and more obese, that you would sensationalize a hot dog eating contest <laughs> as a sporting event and call somebody a world champion and, and this is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's – Ludicrous doesn't quite capture it. Do you think it's going to turn around? I mean, do you think eventually we're going to hit a peak that's just like, hey, people are going to start to realize I'm not as healthy as, you know, I thought COVID by bringing the pandemic up was going to come to, and we don't have to talk about COVID or anything, but what's going to kind of reverse all this and maybe promote healthier lifestyles and people being more aware of, hey, was I actually healthy or as healthy as I thought I was or not? You know, does that kind of make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, my, I grew up with the kind of lifestyle we were, we were just talking about. Sure. And um, to give you an idea of, of the, uh, the magnitude of how difficult it is to, to change eating habits when you've had them a good portion of your life. Hold on one second. Are we okay? We okay? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, you're fine. Okay. You're okay. My dad suffered from cardiovascular disease, combination of completely unhealthy diet and smoking cigarettes. So, okay. so he needed cardio bypass surgery. All right. So this is 1973. So he went to the Cleveland Clinic because they were one of the at the forefront of doing this. And um, I saw him before the surgery. And I found out after the surgery that his arteries were so bad that instead of having four bypasses, he was only able to have one. That's how damaged his arteries were. Think about that. Wow. So the only person I know who ever failed cardiac bypass surgery. OK, so now he has one good artery. Now he's got to be on all this kind of medication just to keep him alive. Okay. So my dad, his whole life, ate steak and french fries and blueberry pie and bagels and cream cheese and cream in his coffee. I mean, he never met, I, mean, I don't think he ever had a gram of fiber in his life. Okay. So we go out to dinner and uh, we're ordering. I order, my wife orders, my mom comes to my dad. Right. Keep in mind, he's out of the hospital now for about three weeks. Okay. What does he order? Steak and french fries. fries. <laughs> and I, I look at my wife and in complete, she says, don't say anything. It's never, it's not going to help. Yeah. You know? 
And, and that's, most people get stuck in that pattern. It's like, it's, it's, I think it's easier to change your religion than it is to change your diet. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, it's like what you said, if you build that pattern up all my, you know, I've had family members like, Hey, I've ate this ever since I was a kid. I'm fine. You know, it's like, well, that's maybe back in the day, like you were saying in the fifties, sixties or seventies, but there was not a lot of information out then. And now there, now there is, exactly. I don't know who, what, how, what kind of audience you have in terms of age. It's, it's all, it's really broad. It's all over. It's really broad because no. the, the, the key number for most people is 30 years no. at 30, right? If you can grab a hold of yourself, and make the changes, then all of the other issues that typically will occur subsequent to that, good chance they, they won't happen. It's specifically the way your body metabolism slows after 30, but like a point a year, which doesn't sound like very much until you're 40. Yeah. Well, you know no. what I mean? And then, and then, and then and people wonder why they've eaten the same and they're now 20 pounds heavier over the course of a decade. And then 30 pounds heavier and then 40 pounds heavier. Exactly. And they wonder, I don't understand. I didn't change anything. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like people are, again, I don't want to bring this, you know, up, but it's like they're just not very self-aware of like what's going on. And this is what little by little, you know, their eating adds up over time. And it's one of those also, you know, I'm, I'm currently reading, I almost finished, it's called Sacred Cow and it's by Robert Wolf. And he was talking about these food studies that people do on themselves. And when they ask, you know, you know how many alcoholic drinks do you have a day or how many, how often do you eat? I don't know, like gummy bears or whatever you want to say. And like they actually lie on those tests because people don't want to actually be real truthful to themselves of what they're actually really doing. The, the point that you bring up is singularly, and I, I mean this, singularly the most important aspect of all of this. It's the way we bullshit ourselves. The self-cons we run all the time. When somebody comes into my office and I'm doing initial intake, I'm, I'm going to ask them about their lifestyle. Say, you do much drink? Any drinking? Say, yeah. How much do you drink? And I'll get the typical, you know, one, one and a half. Automatically, you know, it's two to three, right? <laughs> and that, and if it, it's it's across the board because yeah. people want to feel comfortable, they want to feel safer, they want to feel like they're doing things exactly. correctly. Exactly. So they distort information. And when you distort information, lie to yourself. Well, hello, that that that's not a good thing. So it's a, that that's the that's the big thing. Yeah, that's right? the thing. If you're having to doubt yourself or lie to the person across from you, then you should that should be a big red flag automatically to know maybe what I am doing is not the right way about doing it. Maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a better way. One of the things, one of the 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 way I refer to this in lifestyle in the app is called jiggling the data, changing the numbers in your head, making everything sound a lot better than it actually is. Oh. And because I reinforce this over and over again, that's one of the, that's one of the key themes to the whole thing, you know, getting rid of the self con that people have so they can actually focus, make a change, sustain it to create. And this is a statistical concept, a new mean, a new average, right? You want to generate a series of changes that culminate in something where the average things that you do have now systematically changed, eating, moving, sleeping. So you sleep more, you exercise more, you eat less, you eat better. You do it incrementally. Occasionally, 
They'll be. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You'll fall back a little bit. Sure. You'll have one of those moments or days or weeks or whatever, right? The really, the most important thing is it's not only natural for that to happen, it's essential for that to happen because then you learn to come back from those moments where you've fallen down. You learn to pick yourself back up and go say, no, I had a groove going, I can get the groove going again. The whole idea is a new average where you sleep more, you exercise more, and you eat less, and you eat better. So for everybody who's listening right now, that was a series of hypnotic suggestions for you. <laughs> so really. is that kind of what in, in the, in your, in the, uh, when you're promoting your three minute track, is that kind of what the stuff you're saying to the person? Those, those issues, those issues this, are, are reinforced over and over again from diff- different angles. I don't say the same thing in the same way each time. No, 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 no. Gotcha. I will bring that out. I will say, you know, I found something that references what we've talked about so many times before, but it's just another angle, another way of looking at the same thing. Yeah. It's like, like I said, Repetition, reinforcement, you can do this because if you're listening to me on these tracks, you're interested and you you want to, because I try try to make it feel as if the relationship that's taking place is with me and you alone, as if I'm talking directly to the listener. Good. I I really enjoy doing these kinds of things. And so I'm I'm hoping that uh, that people can get a lot of benefit from it because I think, I think it's useful. Is a lot of the clients that you work with, is that kind of what, is that the narrative or what you, the most common theme is that they come to you when they've kind of ran out of every other thing to, you know, try to help themselves? They're, they're still coming to me primarily for the psychological issues they're having problems with. So whether they're depressed or anxious or angry, having problems with a relationship, all of those kinds of things. But I, I weave these into what we do because this is, because if you do these well, you will be able to make these other changes easier too actualize yeah everything is tied in time together 
Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, time, agree. and timing is everything. As we know. When you put them all together, that seems to fix other issues. You know, for example, you know, there's days when I get out of work and say, man, I don't want to go do my training. I don't want to go do my workouts. And Who hasn't had that feeling? Yeah. And I get it's down there normal. Yeah, and I get down there and I'm, you know, it's, it's self-discipline. I get down there and I feel so much better after doing it. You know, every stress is relieved. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm glad I got down here. I picked up something heavy. I feel good about myself now. And yeah, but it's just one of those things. It's, kind of creating that self-discipline and that habits that you were talking about too but there's always yeah there's good bad good days and bad days but you just got to kind of push through it and it's and the key thing is it's what it's what you do most of the time that matters so if you're consistent most of the time you're going to be okay and you're going to be really happy with yourself so you're you're set you're that feeling about yourself that self-esteem thing like i'm really proud of what i've accomplished i don't i look like a different person now Right. And that's that's a huge deal. Huge. Right. And getting used to that and, and getting used to the feedback of getting attention in a different way. Sometimes people have problems. That's why there's a, there's a portion of weight related issues that have to do with feeling safe. And you don't want to be that person who has to deal with the world differently. Yeah. Right. right. So we all, you know, a lot. Maybe that resonated with a couple of people listening to, to us right now. Yeah, and I hope it did. It's because, you know, I've seen it firsthand. You know, when I'm coaching my classes and stuff, you know, when members are talking to me about certain aspects like that, I've seen it, you know, firsthand. And it's not just that, you know, a lot of people I think do think it's just them, but it's not. You know, there's a lot of people who maybe think the same way they do or have the same problems that they do. And it's, you know, just finding, like you said, there's tons of information out there now. And there's so many things that you can do. And just because one thing doesn't work, you try another thing and then you find what works for you. I mean, you know, some people don't want to get up and, you know, there's ultra marathon people, you know, who run every day. Well, you don't have to do that. You can just Oh, God. No, no, no. That's that's not. No. You you yeah. want to do something that's just enough to burn some calories, enough calories, and, and, and keep your, your heart and brain functioning optimally. Because yeah. people, most people don't realize when they, when they think of exercise, they think of, of their heart. Because your, your heart is pumping. Sure. But it is equally as, as, as important for your brain. And even innocuous movement. That everyday stuff while you're sitting at your desk and you get up for three minutes and walk around, critically important for your brain. Most yep. people don't know that. I so they'll sit too. forever. No, get up every hour, move around. <laughs> Movement. We would look at little kids. Do little kids oh well now they're looking at screens, but when when they're actually little and they don't have that to distract them, little kids are in movement all the time. Right. All the all the time. Yeah, Peter Atia, he's a doctor and he talks about, you know, not only you know, just working for your body, but your mind too. And that one of the keys to longevity is challenging yourself and, you know, doing these little hard things day by day to keep yourself going, you know, little challenges, whether it be, you know, if you want to train for a marathon or if you just want to be able to run a mile eventually or whatever it is, but you have to do those things. And that's one of those key to becoming, you know, like I said, longevity. That's one of my goals in life is to become a centurion, hopefully. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, man, why not? But, you know, it's in with the access of information and all the new things that are coming out day-by-day basis, it's very well possible. You know, people are living longer now. And, you know, for example, you know, the food thing is still kind of an issue, but learning how to eat because there's so much food. It's so easy to get trapped into those junk food, sweet and salty kind of mixes. And But it's just a matter of just changing those habits. But, yeah, it's easy to do. It's easy to mess up, and it's almost – want you to mess up you know it's just so easy to it's the, the, the culture reinforces you failing yeah right they, they want they want you to they, the last thing they want is for you to become healthy because if everybody becomes healthy how many how many companies and how many products 
disappear from the shelves because there's just not enough people buying them. Right. So if you want to follow where the problem lies, follow the money. As, yeah, as that famous philosopher Deep Throat once said, <laughs> uh, follow the money. Yeah, there, that's always the case. Bringing that book back up again, that was one of the things they found evidence where sugar companies were paying off all these tests from certain studies just to say, hey, no, it, it wasn't sugar doing that. It was uh, saturated fats or whatever. It was, actually, <laughs> it was like, what? How could they do that? But yeah, it's just and that's where it's just a lot of misinformation out there too. And but I'm glad that you know you're make you're one of those guys promoting you know these healthy lifestyles and moving, eating, sleeping, and things that go on. You know. Uh, By the way, look. interesting interesting sidebar to how I first got interested in this. And you would think it had more to do with information and science and in psychology and all that kind of stuff. Completely wrong. No, no. What was it? The single. Other than meeting my wife, which was obviously the most important event that ever took place in my life. The other event was the two of us, after getting married, we were living in Los Angeles for a couple of years, a long time ago. Yeah. And an old high school friend gave me a call. I hadn't seen him in six years. And uh, I said, hey, why don't you come over for dinner? And uh, he said, sure. So he comes over, rings the bell. I open the door. First thing out of his mouth was, wow, did you gain weight? That was the first thing he said to me after not having seen me for six years. Wow. That moment of embarrassment and shame changed my life forever. And that's how I got started thinking about this. Had nothing to do with science or psychology or nutrition. It just was embarrassment. I never wanted to ever hear that again. I'm glad. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you, you can't do that nowadays. You can't fat shame anybody, but you know, I'm one of those guys. I need stuff like that. You know, I would hope if some, one of my buddies told me that like, you, you know, Hey, you've been eating good or whatever. It's like, okay. All right. We hit a, you know, a turn. We, we got to change something here. I don't like this anymore, but yeah, a lot of people need that motivation. I feel like, even though it's not, you know, it's not praised upon, obviously. And I'm not saying you should go fat shaming people, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar to you. That would make me want to go turn my life around. I got to tell you, it was it was a feeling that is hard to describe, but I didn't know anything about nutrition other than don't drink soda. So yeah, that's the first thing I got rid of. And that and that after a couple of months, I'd lost 15 pounds because you're drinking a quarter of that junk a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so it got me motivated. And then then the, the whole exercise thing started and then uh, you begin to understand stuff. But but still out of nowhere that hit me and sent me into anyway. There's one other part to this app okay. that you may be interested in than anybody who's in. I have developed over a period of time, starting a long time ago, a series of audio tracks that I've sold independently but are now part of the app. Okay. And the app focuses on getting you into that sliver of consciousness in between waking and sleep, the twilight state, the hypnagogic state. And the way it does that is through storytelling. And the storytelling, adult fairy tale storytelling, sure. is, is structured. Now, you, you ready for this? I am. Most of the time, while you're listening, you hear two stories played simultaneously. One story in each ear. Obviously, you're wearing headphones. Sure. The pace is very slow. There's music in the background. 
And what happens is, by the way, there is a lead story, a setup of a, of a mimicking uh, Joseph Campbell's myth of the hero, person okay. with a problem, has to solve this problem, goes out in the world, Here it's a magical true. character, that sort of thing. Sure. And at that moment, that story pauses, the two simultaneously simultaneous stories start up, and then you try to follow everything, but you can't. So your brain, your mind gets fatigued, it stops listening, you drift away, you drift into the hypnagogic state where there are beta waves, not alpha waves, not delta waves, but the in-between space, which you experience every day as you drift off to sleep, but it's so short, you, never, you rarely, if ever, notice it. These audio programs keep you there. And then, using the words and the phrases from the stories themselves, I construct positive messages to change your thinking, your feeling, your sensing, and your behaving. It's a really good method for getting people in a good way out of their minds. So the, so the app is basically now providing you with a really first-rate stress management tool because when you tune out, you release every bit of stress in your body. <laughs> Disappears completely. Is this that hypnoperfeal processing? That's correct. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm glad you brought this up. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a really useful way to, um, to learn and change because you don't have to do anything. This, this is the part of the consciousness continuum where you don't have to focus. It's not like this other part of what we were talking about, where I want people to be hyper aware of the sensations in their body hyper aware of the, of the cognitive patterns that they use. So they begin to shift them. Here, we want you to focus, be aware of what's happening inside your head, right? Sure. But we also want you to be able to pick up useful information using another part of your brain. Hence that theta state in between waking and sleep, which is amazingly powerful, so. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit more research uh, as far as being in the this kind of state of mind and that. And just and just so the viewers know, you're not actually talking about, you know, what we see on stage where they take a oh, card God, no. from you. And, no, no, no. There's more myth about that than about anything. People know more about hypnosis. Look, to, to, to give people a, a, an understanding that they understand more than they realize, everybody's had the experience of being zoned out thinking about something, mm -hmm. somebody calls your name, they call your name again, and then on the third time, you suddenly go, oh, 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 yeah. It's, what do, that's a trance <laughs> in a very literal sense. We go in and out of trance all day long. So the whole idea is, can this state be harnessed in a useful way? And this is the one of the ways it can be. I mean, you've been using this for a long time. It's a, good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a useful technology. Yeah, they've gave, you know, well, certain people have gave it a bad name where they say, you know, get up on stage and then they say you're getting sick. Oh, you're talking about hypnosis in general. And that, yeah, yeah, like act like a state, like act like a chicken or something. And then they're like, no, that's... Those are, those are people you tell them anything they would do. But, I mean, that, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Andrew Huberman and David Siegel, is two I've been following, they have their own podcasts and they're actually talking about hypnotic states and how it actually enhances your... Know, performance and your health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very useful. 
Yeah. And that, you know, and getting into these hypnotic states is just actually just something, something, uh, something as simple as just relaxing, putting your mind at ease. And then you get there and you don't even realize that, uh, you're even in that state, you know, you're even having a full blown conversation. And that's what they even did. And that's what they even did on one of their experiments. And it was kind of really interesting to me that they're actually talking about how the two eyeballs are usually, they say they're the window of the soul, but it was actually, they're completely different as far as connected to the brain. And that they were talking about, if you look up, like you're trying to look up and then you try to shut your eyes, if your eyes lids flutter, then they say you can be easily, hypnotized or into get into these hypnotic states but if you just fully shut your lids that it's a little bit harder for you to get into these certain states does that kind of make sense yeah yeah but you can but you can still uh get people into trance states by avoiding any direct suggestions to them so they have nothing to resist and then afterwards they're just into you know you give them generic suggestions for thinking about something that's really important in their life and go figure out a way how to solve it it's hard to resist. Most people can go into a trance state. Anyway, but this is a different thing. This is because you're getting into a state between waking and sleep. You're, 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 it's different. Okay. Okay. I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. So you're in it between wake and sleep. You're in a different state. Okay. So basically the whole idea is I want to cover the entire spectrum of consciousness. So all the way from hyper awareness to in between waking and sleep so that you can utilize the full capacities that you're capable of and be stimulated in ways that allow all of this to happen, right? The the conscious mind stuff, which is critically important, being aware, making sure you can keep track of sensory information and cognitive stuff floating through your mind. Oh, by the way, one little bit of information I'm gonna share with you and your listeners that I believe is critically important and somehow has managed to elude the culture in a way that would be valuable. Okay. We all know what the Heimlich maneuver is, right? But why, why does that happen? Food gets caught in your esophagus, right? Right. Okay. Why? Eating eating and breathing. You don't breathe while you're eating right? You just chew and swallow. Because if you breathe, what's in your mouth is going to get stuck there. So how come occasionally that happens? I don't know. Think about that. You know why? Uh, I caught this once in my head and realized what it was. What is it? We have conversations going in our head. And when we are eating and have a conversation going, the rhythm of our breathing that would be taking place if we were talking out loud is mimicked to a very small degree while we're eating. So our windpipe opens a little bit at the precise moment it would have opened if we were talking out loud. Food gets sucked in at that moment, okay? The reason why we never remember it is because we just experienced a life-threatening moment which (laughs) gives us complete amnesia for what preceded it. Yeah. My wife and I have become, I mean, we, we have a con. Whenever that happens to one of us where we get, it's not a life threatening thing, but we all get food court in our throat. Sure, sure, sure. sure. We, we say to the other, who are you talking to? <laughs> People would think we were nuts, right? Yeah. Because we weren't talking, you know, what are you talking I get about? It. What do you mean, who are you talking to? 
That's what happens. So your audience now knows to keep aware of that. And they will be, everybody who's listening right now will be aware of that when it accidentally happens. They'll go, wow, I was talking to somebody. And by the way, if you're talking in anger in your head, it'll happen more likely to happen. Got it. Yeah. You know, there's, that's one of the sayings I've heard when doing these podcasts. Somebody actually mentioned something very similar that, you know, you, and they basically said that you have the, you talk to yourself the most out of anybody else in the world where you have the most conversations. And I never put that together. My mom was just like, wow. That makes so much sense. It, it, it's absolute certainty. And the key thing is paying attention because some of the stuff is nonsensical and driving you, driving each of us crazy, right? Yeah. Things, will, things will float across the screen. It's important to keep, what are you seeing in the screen? You know, like you look, ask somebody a question and you'll, and you'll see that something just happened inside of that. Like in therapy, let's say ask a question and you see something and you know what they were thinking about, but they might know do you really realize what you were just thinking about? What do you mean? I'll go back again. I'll ask the question. What just flashed across the screen of your mind? So the whole thing is awareness. Most of it is being aware of stuff. Sometimes learning can take place outside of awareness. We want everything thrown into the mix to give you as many options and many different kinds of stimulation sure. to try to become the best representation of yourself. Does any of this play into the subconscious? Well, when you're when you're listening to the programs, no. yeah, most of I, I tell people the less you remember after listening one of these programs, not not the the LQ stuff, but but the HPP stuff, the hypno peripheral process. The less you remember of these storytelling programs, the more effective it's been. Yeah, well, and I like that you're saying that you're you're doing a story storytelling part too, just because going back to our you know, say the origin of our species, you know, storytelling was kind of the thing to be, you know, as far as people would just reach out to storytellers and want to go listen to them. And everyone loved a good story then, right? Your point is so well taken. Yeah. We, when you ask people, when you, I'm sorry, when you think about an individual, when you think about yourself, the single most important thing that represents who you are is your story. Mm-hmm. Right? When you, when you meet a friend you haven't met in a while, what happens? You catch up. Sure. You tell them what has happened since the last time you filled in, in in the gaps in your story and sure. vice versa. No, we are storytelling creatures. So any information that's presented in a storytelling format has a much better chance of being utilized. I mean, you can have the most boring professor in the world <laughs> talking and in the middle of him talking about the stuff that he's boring you with, he says, you know, this reminds me of a story. Immediately, everybody starts listening. Oh, story time. Because when you're little kids, what's the most important thing? Love story. Story, story time. Yeah, you know, always ask your parents, "Hey, read a story before I go to bed." Story. We're about we we're about stories. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great art. It goes unnoticed. You know, comedians use it in their acts. You know, as far as like when they release their material, as far as a story, you're following along, you're into it. What's going to happen? And, and yeah, it's just it, like I said, it goes. It, it was easily forgotten. And you have great storytellers and you have bad storytellers, but. Yeah, it's exactly. Everyone loves a good story, especially when you can give it like information out. People follow it. You know, everyone's got their different ways of learning. But yeah, most people seem to stick to that type. Right? I mean, so, Joseph Campbell's myths were all, all about stories. Right? <laughs> the greatest stories of all time, right? <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. He got a lot of people following him for sure. Based on. All right. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll say we, we, we should all have the kind of following that he has because he's forever. Like, yeah. he's a mythic character uh, in and of himself yeah that's a girl yeah. man i never heard that before but yeah that's a great point that yeah he he led a whole thing with that just you know oh well, yeah we don't have to go down that road though uh, yeah it's for another conversation <laughs> but that's funny though 
but yeah, and you know, it's all right. So I know we're getting a little short on time here, but you know, I, I'm guessing has the app already released? Is it out? For people it's, it's, it's 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 available. And the nice part of it is we've set this thing up for it doesn't cost you anything for 30 days. So you can test this thing out. You can play with it. You can do everything you want with it. You have a full month to find out whether you think it's useful. Won't cost you a dime. Wow. That's what, yeah, I love it. You know, we'll, we'll take it for Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I want people to want to, 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 to use this thing. I want people to, to give this thing a shot because I think they'll find it useful. And what's more, I mean, useful is maybe the most useful term we have, right? If something useful, good. It's good, period, right? So that's, I'm, I'm looking for people, test it out. See, see whether it, it fits who you are. How long, how, long did, how long did it take you to develop this app? I mean, was it just something you've been working on for years? Did it, you know, was it uh, this, the app went from the time I wrote the article to the time we started to, started to develop it. It was probably a year from article written to starting to do it. So figure 19 to 2019, 2021, this is like a three years in the making kind of project. So and that has it's separate from the audio series, which was developed before, and I put yeah. it together because they, they fit together perfectly, covering everything. But that that also was that took a decade to do all oh, that God. audio material. Oh, yeah, God. this I guess this kept you pretty busy during COVID though, with all trying to get this yeah. together. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's, 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 and you know it's it's perfect timing for this because right now more than at, at this more than any other time we're health conscious. Sure. And we're mental health conscious. Sure. I mean, let's face it, this messed up a lot of people. I did. And everything got disrupted. So whatever can be done, tools to get people to be able to take control of their lives again, why not? Yeah. You know, what, I mean, what I'm I, doing, fortunately, I think fit, fits with the time at the moment. Yeah. No, I said it earlier. You know, I think this is one of the pros to the pandemic because that more people or hopefully more people are starting to become more health conscious and you know, learning that, hey, you know, what can I do to be healthier? And if if and when, who knows if a pandemic comes up again, if we're still in it. Well, sure. I mean, I, can be I, prepared. your your point is, is the point when it comes to, if there's one thing about the pandemic that we learned is the healthier you were, the more likely you would survive. Because exactly. a, a lot of people didn't take good care of themselves and a lot of people died. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever... Life should be lived according to whatever you can control, you must control. Because there's too many things we don't have control over. So whatever whatever you can do to take control of your life and sustain it, do it. Do you find I've only, it, got, only got one shot at this thing, as far as we know. That's, that's the truth. Do you find that a lot of people are living on momentum and just kind of not really thinking about their choices and just kind of going down the road? taking it day by day, then 10 years go down the road and they realize, oh, wait, what did I do? That kind of makes sense, what I asked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not sure I, I see it as that many folks that I've come across like that, but I've had enough where it's like, hello, get a map, know where you are, have a place in your mind where you want to get to, yeah. right? And then focus on that because that allows you to use the momentum and the energy to have the goal that you're in. It's important to, to go after stuff, right? Yeah, I agree. Do you, do you think that, well, no, this is good. This is what I want to know. So, you know, when you were talking about growing up, you know, 50s, 60s, did you ever see yourself to be in this position promoting never. like this? You never would have thought Not a chance. Yourself? Not, there was no way in hell I would ever have imagined that I would be ending up 
who I am talking to you right now about issues like that. No, like I had, there was a moment in time that I wasn't very impressed with myself. Consequently, the idea of doing anything of any consequence, no, that slowly evolved over time. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, I married somebody who had more, <laughs> she <laughs> saw things in me that I never saw. And That's uh, great. I got lucky. People need that, man. That's great. And I'm glad you came on here and you were telling that story and just, you know, you made the change and you could easily just kept going down the same road. And hey, I know what it is to do, have done everything wrong. <laughs> everything. Blind, deaf, and dumb. Er, you know, <laughs> seriously. Well, so yeah. I'm, I'm talking from experience. Yeah. And that's great that you can admit that. I feel like a lot of people today's age don't want to admit when they're wrong or did something wrong, but you own it. You're taking responsibility for it. You're like, Hey, I decided like, I want to make a change and we're going to do it. No, no. And it just making changes. Once you realize that you can make a change, there's a real positive ripple effect. Like, wait a minute, if I can do this, then I can do other things. And then you suddenly begin to change your, your self perception. And I don't, people underestimate what they're capable. I, I see my practice all the time. People underestimate what they're capable of. My part of my job is to tell somebody when I can see what they can do, I tell them, Hey, you realize you can do this. And they'll say, how do you know that? I said, I'm in the business of knowing that you can do this. You said, you sure? I said, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I once did this with a guy who, who was going to be a lawyer. And I said, you're going to be really good at this one day. He said, how do you know that? I said, I know that. I didn't see him for another 20 years. And I bumped into him on the street. Yeah. And I said, how you doing? And he said, great. He said, by the way, I've been doing really well. You told me that. How did you know that? I said, that's part of what I'm supposed to know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, you, you told me that. I said, how did you? And then it happened. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. I I, when, people, when people know when they, when, when I, talk to people, I can sense when they can know how to do something, but they don't know it yet. Mm. I like, I like that. that yeah. Okay. We have something to work with here. I wonder yeah. what would really bother his mind. If you never would have told him that, if he would have thought that he would have still, he yeah. probably would have still succeeded, but it, 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 the whole thing of like, somebody knew that before I knew that before, I mean, before the person knew that right? somebody could see that. Yeah. You can see when people know what they're doing and are good at it. Yeah. But they don't know that yet. Dr. Lloyd, you've been great, man. I appreciate you being here. Um, if people want to find you, if they want to find the app, they want to find, you know, anything, anything you want to plug, promote, feel free to do that. Okay. Well, it's the, the Lifestyle Intelligence app, Lifestyle Intelligence LQ, or it's in the Apple Store, the LQ app. You can you can go to the website, Lifestyle Intelligence LQ. It'll lead you there. Anything, my name will pop up. You'll find it. It's uh, It's there, and hopefully you'll test it out. Hopefully you like it and find it useful. Give it a run. I, I very much appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It's no. been an absolute delight for me. No. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was a fun conversation. I'm glad you did this with me. So maybe um, someday we do it again. I would love to. I, I, I know we have more to talk about, especially with your background. Uh, but are you a golfer? Hmm? Did you used to play golf? Or are you a golfer? Or did I, you play a book I, golf? I tried playing golf. It wasn't one of the things I did well, but I was a great caddy. Okay. I thought I had something in your background about you writing a book on golf or you played golf. Or oh, no, no, no. I, I have a golf program. That's what it HBP was. series. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what it was. And it, it's, it's useful. So many people in improving their golf game. There is a hypno peripheral process in golf program. Love it. Love it.
Great. Cool. Thanks for being here. Anything else you want to say before we... Uh... No, we're good. Uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. Cool. Thanks, Dr. Lloyd. All right. Bye, everybody. We're out here. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.